Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity, who asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show! I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is, is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Uh, friendship in Wonder Woman! I freaking love that movie, Jen! I freaking love it too! Haters to the left! Haters all the way to the left! Friendship between humans has many benefits But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits View friendship at the problem So Jen Hi um, This is going to be a very exciting episode and very appropriate Because I was at CNEO Comic Con for the past few days So we are going to talk about branded content intellectual properties various brands it's gonna be great oh yeah we're gonna go full ready player one on this shit it's gonna be <laughs> awesome so 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 okay do we want to banter or do we just want to talk about wonder woman yeah, because wonder woman's amazing wonder woman because i can't see your face right now this is true let's warn people this episode might sound a little weird because i am in seattle i'm recording out of seattle out of my friend's apartment <laughs> and jen is in chicago um because i was at san diego comic-con and i made a pit stop to go see some friends and this is the first time that i is it i almost said i'm i'm recording on location but i mean there's nothing important about seattle well you went to seattle to see friends so you're on a friendship mission Oh, wow. I'm on a friendship away mission. I'm the away team. Okay. Okay. Should we do the thing? Should we do Wonder Woman? Yes. Jen, I have to tell you something, though. Okay. Please. Listen, I want to talk about SDCC just a little bit, if that's okay. Oh, please. Okay. Listen up. There were so many Wonder Women all over the convention center. It of was course. so good. And it was so good. Wonder Woman herself was there. Yes, yeah, she was. Like, oh, looking my God. Glamorous and elegant and perfect. Yes. Okay, Jen, I, can I tell you my Wonder Woman stories? I have a couple. Yes. Okay. So first, there were a million Wonder Women, and it was really wonderful because it wasn't just... It's like sometimes cosplay gets relegated to people who look exactly like the actor or the actress or whatever. Um, but I, I, there was a wide variety of Wonder Women of all like races and sizes and ages. And it was so good. Um, and I never I was you're always afraid that somebody's going to be like, sir, are you trying to be Wonder Woman's friend? And it's like, no, fuck you. I'm Wonder Woman. Like, OK, whatever. So um, I, I took it upon myself to um, the day that there were all the uh, Wonder Women just go around the con shouting Wonder Woman. Oh, my I mean, God. It was so much fun and everybody was clearly having such a good time. And like, honestly, I can't believe how nobody was an asshole. Um, another Wonder Woman story. So <laughs> there there is. Um, so one of the days of the con, I'm walking out with a pile of boxes and I'm very sweaty and I look disgusting and it's not great. And I walk out of there and this beautiful man with a voice that sounds like an island breeze. He comes up to me and he goes. Wonder Woman? <gasps> and, and I go, no. <laughs> and, and then he goes and he nods at me. He goes, Wonder Woman. <gasps> and I was just like, no, I'm not. But like, thank you. That's very kind of you. He goes, can I get a picture with you? Oh, my and, God. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, and I literally am saying, this, what are you talking about? Like, why do you want a picture with me? And he's like, Wonder Woman. And oh, I was my like, God. And I was like, sure, buddy, whatever. So he takes a selfie with me. 
Uh, and then the next day, I'm working at the booth, and I see him walk by, and he stops for a second. He looks at me, he goes, Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> and he might have been doing this to every, like, white lady with brown eyes or whatever, like, and I'm totally okay with that, because it was probably the most delightful thing that ever happened to me. That sounds pretty damn charming. Isn't it? Like, Man, if yeah, I... you're giving me confomo right now. Like, just, like, weird special magical moments happen like that when you're surrounded by 70,000 nerds. Oh, God. And all of the little baby toddlers dressed up as Wonder Woman. Oh, oh my God. I wanted to die. I wanted to, like, go to a McDonald's play pay- place and just rent out the entire thing and be like, please be free, Wonder Woman. Like, <laughs> like enjoy. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, the first con I went to after the new Star Wars came out when I saw my first baby, Ray. Oh, <gasps> like, God. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Jen. I would love it if we started the episode talking real quick, because so one of the things that we do when we do these special episodes that are about things we're fans of, that we enjoy, they're like nerdy shit, you know, um, we talk about the friendships and, and what's important in the friendships that we learn about. But I'd love it if we took a moment before the episode starts to just talk real briefly about what specifically Wonder Woman meant to us and how we felt during the movie, because that's not what we're focusing on today. We're focusing on the friendships. But like, I want to I want to. If you could tell me how you were feeling when you oh. first saw the movie, that, well, would, that would make me happy. I was feeling dazzled. And oh. it's been a while since I've been dazzled by a superhero movie because they're all kind of, you know, repeating the same formula. And, and okay, her eyebrows, though, amazing. Oh, I stared so at her good. eyebrows like the entire movie and her voice, God, ah. it was amazing. Like, the real reason I loved this movie so much is because Wonder Woman was the coolest like yes. she was the best. She was the best character in the movie. She was the most interesting. She was obviously the most powerful. Like the movie really was a was about her and her strength and like the impact she had on her friends and the people she wanted to help. But I loved that. I agree. I agree. I cried start to finish. I cried. I think I cried the hardest during like her like serious like paladin scene during like the no man's land. So um, and obviously spoilers, guys. Like maybe yeah, what don't. Are you, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, but when she uh, is uh, got her fucking uh, shield out and she's walking through um, like a hail of bullet fire, drawing all the fire to protect uh, the the like all of her friends and stuff, and this woman that she just met with a baby, like like she was really driven by love and empathy and compassion, and I feel like you know how the Green Lantern is powered by his force of will, like that's his emotion that he like p- that powers him. Um, like for her, it was like compassion and and uh, love and empathy in a way that I haven't seen in a superhero movie. And so it's, I, it was so important to me. I know it was so touching. Like it was moving. I loved her so much. I loved her scenes where she got to ex- just felt joy. Like yes. when she when she saw the baby and when she oh, saw the baby. Know, it was so cute. Like <laughs> Yeah, she just gushed over that baby. Um, but and, and those scenes were so important because you got to see like what she was fighting for. Like she was fighting for the little moments of humanity. And like that was her motivation was like helping people. It's really, really, really lovely and made me really, really happy. Cool. All right. So. So let's get into the friendships. So do you, so we could do this a couple of different ways. We could either like walk through the plot or we could just talk about the individual one on one friendships that we see. I think let's do the second one. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. So I would love it if we... Let's start out with... 
You know what? I was going to say, let's start out with the first friendship we see in the movie, which is the Amazons. But actually, the truth of the matter is the first friendship that we see in Wonder Woman is Bruce Wayne and Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Wow. I completely forgot about that. Batman frames the movie. Yeah, which is like kind of needless and strange. And like, it's so weird thinking about Ben Affleck. I don't know. Yeah, I'm glad he wasn't really in it. I'll be honest. Not a big, not a big Ben Affleck fan. I sided with Jen in the divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't we all? But he does give her a precious gift. He does. Um, I think that that was a really beautiful act of friendship and a really excellent example of like a good gift. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't. Here's my question. Do you think it was manipulative? I remember it being an open-ended invitation as opposed to toying with her emotions. I, I like this because um, you, you're right. It leaves it. So it leaves it open-ended. It, I, it felt to me that it was an invitation to talk when you're ready kind of thing. Uh, and it was such a precious, important thing that he found for her and just p- put the pieces together that it would have been important to her. Like, he doesn't know the story. He doesn't know who the fuck these people are. I know. It was good. It was a good moment. It was a good way to open the story because I, I just, I felt like there's depth there and I wasn't expecting depth from Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah. Nobody should. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, and I think a lot of people are critical of the first few minutes of the movie and like, and, and you know, the end cap and the, and the beginning cap. Beginning cap? It doesn't matter. Um, And I can understand why. Uh, but at the same time, I think that it's really neat to show that she has human relationships now, literally like 100 years later. It was important to me to see, even like in the back of my mind, that she is okay. Like she, yes, she looks put together. She has like a setting around her that's safe and calm at her, at her desk. She has someone reaching out. Like it was important to me to know that like this woman does make it in this strange land. So now the beginnings of the Wonder Woman, she was brought up on this perfect island of gorgeous women called the Mascara, right? If I say it? I think so. Yeah, close enough either way. Um, One of the important relationships that happen on that island, uh, you know, beyond all of the beautiful lesbian relationships, as I'm sure there are, uh, is Antiope and Hippolyta. So that's um, Wonder Woman's mother. And her mother's sister, who both have very different ideas of how Diana, Wonder Woman, um, should be brought up and what should be uh, important to her. Um, so I think that that's, that brings up a few different issues, like what, what, what you want and what your best friend wants. Um, I mean, honestly, like it shows a betrayal, right? Yeah. I mean, there was deceit there. Wonder Woman's aunt commits the sin of telling your friend how to raise their kid, <laughs> which like, you're well, not right. supposed to do that. But, uh, you know, boundaries are different uh, when it's your sister, when it's family. But it's still like not cool to tell people how to raise their children. That's pretty well understood at this point. Absolutely. But it's also important that a parent raise the child that they have and not the child that they want. Uh, and I think that it's really interesting that Antiope, Antiope, however the fuck Greek way you say her name, she really friends Diana and says, I accept the way you are and I and I your decisions are important and I will teach you even if your mom says no, because you're a human being, too. Um, so what an interesting balance. Um, and, and I like that the movie doesn't seem to say who's wrong. In that situation, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. 
Um, yeah, Diana's aunt takes her side for some secret training missions, and I loved those scenes. That was really cool. Uh, but right. yeah, it doesn't take a, a too hard of a stand because it's like the movie was acknowledging like she shouldn't be deceiving her her sister, but like the world needs Diana at her best. Absolutely. Um, did, I I couldn't tell. I maybe I just need to see the movie several more times. Uh, but I, I do you think Antiope knew Diana's origin and her like true fate, or do you think she was just going with it because she loved Diana? I think she knew. I think she knew how important she would be. Like she saw the potential, whereas like her own mother knew the potential too, but like couldn't let her brain go to something so dark because it was her daughter. Like she just couldn't. But I'm not sure. I don't know. Do you think? I yeah. wonder if the comics answer this. I bet they do. I'll read them all and I'll let you know. <laughs> Yay. But I think what's really cool is how they work together as a family to raise Diana, first of all, like in the way that her mother wanted to raise her, to be compassionate and kind and sympathetic to humans um, and to understand their plight and to uh, have a, like a full, it, it seemed like her mother was stressing her education and her, uh, her safety. And then Antiope was uh, essentially helping her delve into her her interests and her needs um and her just what she wanted to be i think that's really dope yeah and then you see you see like how well they did raising her when the first time she sees someone in need a stranger steve trevor oh the first thing she does is like go she doesn't she isn't scared of the stranger she goes to help him immediately Holy shit, I never thought about it that way, that it's not just like, oh gosh, a man. But it's also like the first time she has seen somebody she doesn't know. Yeah, she she like welcomes him. Yeah, and takes care of him and fights on his behalf and even fights against the other people on the island saying, no, we should take care of this person and make sure that they leave this place alive. Like, you're totally right. What a what a good upbringing she must have had to have this com- compassion built into her. I know, and I love, I love, that she stood up to her own family. That's one of the hardest things you can do in life is stand up to your own family members or people that you trust. I mean, we've all read Harry Potter. Neville stands up. Yeah. To, when Neville stands up to like Harry and Hermione and Ron, that's like one of the biggest moments of his life. We know how hard that is to do. Yeah. And I mean, and Diana kind of skirted around that for her childhood and like, you know, trained in secret and stuff. But like, I love that there was a reckon, a moment of reckoning where the mom was like, okay, all right, I accept you as you are. And sister, I accept that you're going to be doing this. And just like, let's just all fucking get through this together. Women power. Women power. So then, so that kind of brings us pretty smoothly into um, Steve and Diana, which is like the romantic couple in this film. But it's also a really good example of a friendship between very different people with very different worldviews and like foundations and people who grew together and changed each other, which I think is really cool. I loved it. I thought they, the reason it worked so well was because of, it, they had a friendship. They had like a rapport that was really, really sweet and beautiful. Even they were, they were, couldn't be more different. Like her curiosity about the strange new world versus his like bitterness with it was just like the perfect balance of like, here's an example. When, uh, they first get to to England. It's England, right? Yeah. They first when they first land yes, the boat, London, yeah. And it's all everything is dark because you know it's a DC movie, <laughs> but it's like but it's <laughs> like a dark time. It's wartime, and he's understandably bitter and sour, and like he's fighting, but he he doesn't have a ton of hope. 
And she's just like being a tourist in this strange new world and loving everything she sees. And he kind of like, he kind of starts to buy into her joy a little bit. Like it's really sweet. Like with the ice cream scene, that, yes. that was so sweet. I melted into a puddle in my chair. I think I grabbed John next to me and shook his arm. Like that was so cute. I love how they both had their separate missions that were equally important, really, yes. and and uh, and commensurate with their own power. Um, and they never de- they like I'm doing this thing. Um, this is the most important thing to me that I get this done. And they supported each other and they helped each other uh, in in both goals. You know, Diana saving the world and Steve Trevor saving the day, um, which is like the coolest fucking line in the entire I movie. Know. I just love I it so fun. much. Here's why I loved the relationship so much, because obviously Wonder Woman is the star. This movie is called Wonder Woman. And, P- and reviews right. have said Steve Trevor is the sidekick. And like, yes, if you if you are prescribing to that formula, he is the sidekick. But he wasn't like shoved to the side, like more cool, quote, sidekicks. He didn't really feel like a sidekick. He doesn't shortchange right. like more secondary characters that are have their own motivations and don't just follow around the protagonist. Like that is what a friendship actually is. I absolutely agree, Jen. I I love that you honestly you could make this movie. You could make one. I mean, please never do this, DC. I'm going to say this out loud, but I don't want you to do this. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you could make the movie Steve Trevor. Yep. You could make this movie from his perspective and still have a really good and interesting movie with a compassionate and interesting and complex protagonist who has their own goals and who who is important to the world. You could do that. And I think that that's a, a really excellent way for movies to move forward with the the boyfriend or the girlfriend. Like, that's a, a really, really dope thing. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I keep thinking about um, them on the boat. Yes. I loved this scene. This is when I first started to really enjoy, like, in, like this is when I settled into the movie. Because, you know, I was on such a high after seeing Robin Wright in armor. But I started to calm down and, like, settle into the rhythm <laughs> movie and be like, oh, okay, this is actually going to hold up, isn't it? Right. So just quick for context, what I mean by the boat scene is so Diana, uh, she has a nurse, uh, Steve Trevor, back to health on and she's like, I'll take you. I'll go with you on the condition that like you take me to the battlefront and I'll help you in your mission if you help me with mine. And they're like, "Okay, go team. We're a team now. Let's go. And uh, again, this is the first time uh, Diana has seen a man and Steve Trevor is I think a really great example of showing a, a level of consent to a stranger that that you ought to. I couldn't so, could not agree more. I loved. I I was about to say the word consent. Like, thank God that was the first man she ever met. Yes, Jen. Like, absolutely. It, it would be a very different movie and be dark and awful and terrible if she met someone that didn't treat her with the correct amount of space and consent as he did. Right. And he was the hero. Hey, dudes, when you do that, you're the hero. Exactly. Like, he he saw her as a human being first. He treated her with... So here, here's an interesting thing. He treated her with the decorum that he would treat, like, a lady in London, like, in his context, but kept listening for cues for her how to treat her as an individual. Yes. Like, when... And I, I thought it was really well handled when they had the conversation about reproductive organs or whatever, reproductive biology, because right away it established like, okay, they're not going to, this movie isn't going to treat this, going to treat this issue lightly. Like she is new. She's, she's new to hanging out with humans. 
But like consent was established and like literally physical consent because they were like before they got close together on the boat, they made sure that was okay. Yeah. So um, Steve had set up a little bed for uh, Diana to take a nap on the way to London. Uh, And she was just like, well, and then he goes and he settles in on like basically the other side of the boat. And she's like, what the fuck you doing, buddy? Like, I'm the comfy spots right here. You can come lay by me. And he's like, oh, okie dokie. I'm not afraid of a lady. And and I I thought that was so cool because it was they both opted in. Steve set up a safe situation in which she could say no very easily and very safely and just just go with the flow, you know, and 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 uh, and, and then she opted in. What a beautiful uh relationship not just between like potential love interests but just human beings yeah exactly like it started off as a really nice way to treat a human and then it grew from there and like i love that that wasn't treated like he wasn't considered like a wuss or a weenus or a weenie yeah for, for acting like that like it was it was just him being a decent human being and it was really nice to see like that in a superhero movie where everyone is like larger than life or talking in their huge deep batman voice and here's just this guy like doing the real the the dc equivalent of giving not hugging a woman you just met without knowing if she likes to hug or not assuming a woman wants to be talked to on the train when she has headphones on like that kind of thing you know this is um kind of a sidebar to friendship but i just realized and maybe i realized this before but i i love that Okay, so and so often in comic book movies, the male protagonist is shown to be like like a a scamp who like you know like gets with ladies and doesn't remember their name, and this one is special, and so blah blah blah. That is never done in this movie. Steve Trevor never talked about how many women he's had sex with or his conquests or anything like that. Steve Trevor only interacts with women in the entire movie respectfully and cautiously. And he is a, obviously a very handsome dude. He's a fucking American spy. He's above average. And they don't take the time to say, oh, this is, uh, uh, what's the, what the fuck is Andy Dwyer's name in Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, I just, Space Lord? <laughs> I just call him Chris Pratt. Oh. Star Lord. Star Lord. That's his Fuck name. Lord. So, Gay Lord. So... So, yes, exactly. Fuck Lord, because the first thing that you know about Star-Lord, other than he's on his own, is that there's a nameless woman in his spaceship that he just had sex with and refuses to, like, get to know her any better. Steve Trevor never has that moment. He is a gentleman the whole way through, and I love it. Yeah, and uh, on the boat scene, I think when they're talking about not banging, he's like, yes, I do. I do have sex. Like, he confirms it, but he's like, that he's like, yes, I do that. Uh, but that's it. He's not like, yeah, I... I bang a lot of babes on, and in, yeah. in England. You're going to see him. I bang, I bang all of them. He, he has the opportunity to even lie and he still doesn't. Absolutely. He, well, <laughs> I, I'm just thinking like, oh, maybe the proximity is the lasso of truth. But no, I think he's just like a dope dude. Oh, yeah, that could be true, too. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but I think the important thing is that his worth is not defined by how many ladies he has bagged. And it is never even brought up as something that is part of his character because it doesn't matter. Yes. It, it, Hell yeah, Steve yeah. Trevor. The writing of that character, just as important as what we see of that character, is just as important as what we don't see. I totally agree, Jen. So, Jen, on the notes that we have here, I see in all caps that you've written, 
the gala scene infiltrating the party. Ah, so cool teamwork. Oh my god. Um, Okay. Love it. And I'm talking about the scene where Steve, Trevor, and Diana are like being sneaky and she's wearing that dress and she's got the fucking sword in her back, which is so cool. (sighs) Okay. But in terms of friendship, uh, I love that they're working together, even though they're not exactly getting along. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, They're kind of angry at each other. Um, And that's after they've slept together, too. And I love that, Trin, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think their friendship changed too much publicly after they slept together, which I loved. Like, they didn't detract from the mission or anything. Like, they both had their goals. Yeah, and like, and before they slept together, Jen, what a really great point, that their their relationship didn't change after it was, I suppose you might say, physically and biblically consummated. Um, but no, I mean, I love how they led into that, that it was they were having a nice night and like celebrating and having a conversation. And like it was very gentle and like, all right, let's just put it in me, Steve Trevor. I'm excited about this. I, I was now I was very excited and happy about that. But you're totally right. Like their missions didn't change after that. They weren't like, oh, we're boyfriend, girlfriend now. So now I'm going to take a back seat to your needs. It was okay. Side by side, planes flying in parallel. Let's do this. Yes. Yes, exactly. They were, oh man, I really loved that they slept together. You know, normally I I wouldn't, it's not a scene I would be super into. I don't know. I just, I don't trust movies to handle that, those kind of scenes well. But uh, I was really pleasantly surprised by how sweet it was. It was like gentle. They'd been dancing in the snow. It's nice. I know. And like it had built is the other thing. It felt very natural. Like, it didn't just come out of nowhere. You can have sex with your friends. That's fine. You know, like, bang them if you'd like. Just have it be a conversation. Just like Steve and Diana. (laughs) Take cues from Wonder Woman. (laughs) When you want to sleep with your friends. Um, So about the gala scene, one of the things that I, uh, I really liked about their continuing missions going forward is that Steve Trevor never said, Hey, Diana, your mission is stupid and I don't believe in the gods. I know. What he said was, what if you're wrong? What if humans are just like this? What if? He never tells her what to think at any point. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not really a contrarian, but he has to, but he also feels obligated to say, to state his truth. And as, you know, because they're friends and working together, I think that's exactly how it should, he should have handled it. I agree. Like, it's a good example of friends with differing belief systems or just friends with uh, a different amount of information than each other. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I also love the scene where, and I do want to talk about um, Sammy and Charlie and the Chief. Yes. A lot. Uh, but I love the scene where it's Steve and Sammy and Charlie and the Chief are all on horseback and uh, Diana's kind of up ahead and can't hear them. And they're discussing... Sammy's like listening to Steve Trevor tell the tale of Diana, who she is, the god of war and all this stuff is coming around, blah, blah, blah. And Sammy's like, yo, Steve, did you not just see what happened like five minutes ago? I know. Like, god, that's so good. Like, I, it's so weird, Steve, that you like doubt that she's like, you know, maybe a part of this whole like god system because she can deflect bullets with her wrists. I know. It was like they were breaking the fourth wall in the best possible way. Like they weren't ignoring her power for the sake of the plot making sense. There was still the guy right. that was like, uh, did you see what happened? Like she she really did that. <laughs> <laughs> that actually that happened yeah. back there. 
you know, but I, I love that conversation because at no point were they mocking each other. It was very much an exchange of information. Yes. And it was a good example of dudes keeping dudes in check. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of dudes keeping dudes, um, that moment where so there's the, you know, the scene after, you know, Diana's paladin scene where she deflects all these bullets, they get into the city and they're trying to liberate this city. And there's a moment where Steve has this idea. He gets this giant piece of something on his back and he and his all of his friends gather up and like like a turtle underneath a big like piece of like a plank of wood for Diana to leap off of. So they push up the piece of wood for her to jump off so she could jump even higher. That is a delightful metaphor for what I feel friendship truly ought to be. Lifting each other up. Not even just lifting each other up, but giving to the situation what you can so yeah. that you get through it. You know, like it's, it was very like um, uh, uh, Mad Max studying the gun while Furiosa shot. Yes. My God. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Support. Support. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love that scene, especially because um, the reason that she is the one to like jump up and get the sniper is because their sniper, their straight shooter uh, is having is suffering from PTSD and he can't he can't get his gun he can't do his job um, and I don't think that was made light of I think it was like I thought it was pretty well handled that he I don't know what did you think Trin I so I mean I think that um, I'm not a person who suffers from PTSD but from my outside perspective I felt like it was handled well and he was never mocked for his condition yes I like he he gave what he could. And he did what he could and he was never and they never asked him to stay behind. Like there was a moment where Charlie, uh, the the he's part of like their 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 raiding party as they go onto this um, uh, German gala to uh, to find the God of War. Uh, and, and Charlie has um, feels that he's messed up. His condition has uh, kept him from performing at the level that he usually does when he's when he's fighting. And uh, and he's like, I'm going to stay behind. I suck, blah, blah, blah. And what does Diana say instead? She says that you can still who's going to sing. Who'll sing Who for will us, sing Charlie? For us? And her beautiful, um, elegant voice. She smiles at him and says that. Right. It, it is, it's not about even just who can give what to the mission. It's about how we support each other and love each other as we go through something difficult. And that is what Charlie could still do for them. Yeah. He could still be the friend. Like his, his, his value wasn't determined by what he could offer the war. His value was determined by the fact that he was just a human being. Oh, Jen, what a beautiful um, set of friends from very different backgrounds who did not ignore the politics that surrounded them and, and their various races. So Steve is a white American. Um, Charlie, I believe, is Scottish, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Samir. So Samir was born, in, uh, it was born in Morocco, wanted to be an actor, talks about how his skin color has held him back in a world that doesn't value him. Uh, and the chief, another friend who is um, of, uh, he's Native American, his uh, lands have been taken away by white Americans. There have been many struggles between those people. But their friendship still remains with the understanding that this is, this is how the world is and we need to work together. And like, 
man, I don't know if I could let that be a ba- take a backseat to to this mission. I don't know if I could not let that stand in the way if I were the chief. Uh, but he is shown as a strong character and a compassionate person because he can. I know. Man, that was beautiful. This movie just kept surprising me in all the in really good ways. Yeah. They didn't gloss over that at all. Yeah. And like I was thinking it right when it was addressed. And I, I think that that's really important that like we so we talked uh, this movie talks about World War One and like, oh, the Germans are the bad guys and stuff. But the f- truth of it is, is that the world is a bad guy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and structures and politics can be bad guys and they can turn us into bad people. And I think that that's really interesting that they cover that on so many levels. You know, it's interesting that Wonder Woman is like, Diana is this like symbol of compassion and justice and love and strength and especially compassion. And she, her island that she grew up is full of warriors, like people preparing for war. Like I was, it's just occurring to me now. She wasn't raised by like women who like cradle her and teach her, teach her like how to be gentle and quiet and compassionate. They teach her how to fight and be compassionate. It's pretty fucking. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. The the idea that those two things are not mutually exclusive, exactly. being strong and also being loving. Yeah. Um. And in in fact, that they can work in tandem and and make each other like even more. At a higher magnitude is like really cool to me. Yeah, it didn't make her brutal. Yeah, or, or so bloodthirsty. That's pretty cool, right? She could have very. She loved to fight, and she could have very easily become bloodthirsty, but she wasn't. Like just because you have a sword doesn't mean you got to stab people with it. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like the negative relationships in, in Wonder Woman. Yes. Um, and we're not saying that these are relationships that like, oh, we're mad that they were put in there. But like, you know, just a, a foil to the good friendships that were in there, um, you know, such as Poison and Ludendorff. Man, that was a their relationship made me uneasy, like in a, in a way that was very effective. Um, but yeah, that was that's an example of a toxic friendship. <laughs> uh, toxic in so many ways. So many, really. so many ways. Chemically and socially. Yes. Um, so Ludendorff is um, the main antagonist for most of the movie. He's a German officer who uh, is, is uh, hell-bent on uh, just killing as many people as he possibly can. Uh, and then his, uh, uh, I don't know if, if you say inferior officer, I know you do say superior officer, uh, but the woman who works underneath him, her nickname of Dr. Poison, um, is constantly thinking up different chemical weapons and and et cetera. And, you know, it's so interesting to me how they were had like this boss employee relationship. But it was almost like a little bit pseudo sexual. Like, how would you describe that friendship? I can't even. Uh, the power dynamics were screwed up. And yes, I, it was if there's going to be screwed up power dynamics uh, in a movie that a bunch of children are seeing, uh, it's important to put those power dynamics for the villains, like, see, this is an example of how it should not be. <laughs> oh, I totally, I totally agree with you. It was like, um, because we talk a lot on friendshiping about coworker relationships or boss employee relationships, just basically uh, relationships that can sometimes have an imbalance of power. Um, these two people did not keep it professional. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it was pretty um, the imbalance of power can sometimes not be easily understood or it might be invisible like in this case they were they were officers of the military and hierarchy there is very important but like a lot of the times people forget about how much power 
it is when you how much power you have over someone that works for you. Right. That you could fire or you can get kicked out of the military or whatever the case may be. Yeah, it was in very dire contrast to another boss employee relationship, which is Steve Trevor and the delightful and wonderful and capable and interesting Etta Candy, uh, his secretary. Loved her. Wish we had more of her. She was quirky and delightful and they were the perfect uh, loving foil to to uh, Poison and Ludendorff. Right. Like they were friendly, but because of his direct like employee employing of her, um, I, it felt like they didn't have a personal outside of work relationship in a way that I think was was good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Tran. Like they were keeping it professional. They had a job to do. Yeah, man. Again, back on the fandom train. I'm back on my bullshit. But <laughs> Etta Candy would just was chosen to uh, lead a military mission. You know, like that shows so much of, of how capable and cool she was. She brandished a sword. She made that. jokes. She yeah didn't, yeah didn't uh didn't I forget? Refresh my memory, train. Didn't Steve Trevor give the sword over and be like, she can handle this? Give the sword over to her. Oh yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Oh, and not only that, but Hippolyta, like a, a freaking Amazon warrior, once said that only the fiercest among us can wield this sword. Yes. Guess who did was Etta Candy. Awesome. Who in in no way like fits the stereotypical uh, superwoman role. And that's awesome. Like she was yeah. she was like our real world equivalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we were supposed to be talking about unhealthy relationships, but I'd love to sidebar into Etta and Diana's relationship, um, uh, how they really made the effort to understand each other. And it was seamless. Like Diana uh, heard Etta's job description and she said like, oh, like like a slave stuck up for her. She stuck up for her. She was she was never um, demeaning her. She asked her questions about her culture, like, well, do the women not fight? What is happening here? Kind of thing. Um, I loved them together. Me too. And, you know, it's a sign of how most movies are awful and how they write women. And that when they started talking, I, I was nervous that it was going to be like some weird, some weird competitive relationship or something. Like they were going to fight over Steve Trevor or something really lame like that. But, you know, the truth is uh, most women treat each other well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or try, yeah, there or was try a- to. Exactly. There was nothing malicious. Um, when uh, Etta uh, Candy is, is a woman of size, you might say she's like uh, uh, like fat, uh, whereas Diana is more like fit and muscular. Um, and Etta's remarking on that a couple of times is very much remarking on the system that devalues her body and not competitive towards Diana's whose body is more valued by society unfairly. Right. That's like around the time they're like clothes shopping, right? Right, yeah, yeah. right, right. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Because Diana makes a, a a comment like, why would you wear like a corset or whatever? And Etta's like, well, of course, a woman who doesn't have a tummy would say that. Uh, but it's very clear, I feel at least, uh, that it wasn't meant to be derisive towards uh, Diana and it wasn't meant to be mean towards people who wear them. It's just like, OK, well, this is why we do it, bro. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> these are the these are the power structures in place that make it that make that happen. Yeah, man. Good fucking friendships in this real in this movie. Seriously. Trin, how about how do you feel about going for like five more minutes? I feel very good about going for five more minutes. Jen. Awesome. Because we've been recording how- for 50 minutes. 
Are you fucking kidding me? It feels like it's been ten. <laughs> I know, I know. This movie's really <laughs> this movie's really easy to talk about. And you're really easy to talk oh, to, Jen. Shucks. Jen, how about we cop, cap off this conversation talking about the con- how the concept of love and friendship truly saved the day in this movie. And it's not just superheroes, but it's humanity and compassion. Oh, let's do that. Because, man, you know, the least interesting part about this movie is the action-y parts. Um, although I love me some Diana kicking ass. Uh, especially the first time when she like throws off her cape and dodges bullets and stuff as she's like running through through the battlefield. Love it. But the the final scene where she's like defeating the final boss, um, I, I actually really liked it. I know people were like, it's such a cliche superhero scene. And like, yes, of course it is. This is also marketed toward children. You know, they have there's some notes that you have to hit in this formula. Um, regardless, I actually thought the climax of the movie worked really well because we knew the sacrifices were being made. We knew her motivation when she lifts up the fucking heavy thing and says like, mm. you're wrong about them. Like that's when I was like tears pouring down my face. Like she believed in humans. She believed in individuals and she believed in their ability to change. I, I feel like so many people, I believe wrongly interpret that scene that her romantic love of Steve Trevor is what pulled her through in the end. Because um, when she says you're wrong about them is what she, when she realizes that Steve has sacrificed himself, but I, I actually think it's not because she loved him so much romantically, but because she saw that he used his humanity and his life so well. She saw him as a good example of a human being. And not only that, but they actually, the camera pans to Charlie, Samir, and the chief right before that scene happens. Um, and so, and they're huddled together and... Uh, these three men kind of see the end coming uh, is, is what they think. They think they're about to die. And in their final moments, they comfort each other. Yes, Man, it's not just Steve Trevor that's giving her hope and power and compassion. It's all the people she's met throughout the movie. It's it's how Absolutely. she was raised. It's like, you know, it's her entire background, like cum- culminating in that moment of strength. Absolutely. And and I think that, um, you know, we live in very uncertain political times and like things like kind of suck right now, man. Uh, and the, the repeated theme throughout the movie is like maybe humans don't deserve help, like you know, or maybe the 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 winning, maybe the right side is losing. It doesn't fucking matter. It's about what you believe. You keep fighting anyway because it is the right thing to do. Uh, and that's what I really love about Wonder Woman. Really, Me too. Goodness, it's about goodness. It is. It's about kindness and acceptance and all those good things. And, you know, we're never going to say that this movie is absolutely perfect. Like, there's plenty of it that we could dissect and and, uh, and find wrong with it. But as far as the friendships are concerned, really well yeah, done. pretty damn good. And that's always the thing that hits me the hardest when I see a, when I see a movie. Like, what is the thing that make, is the most powerful aspect of it to me is, like, what how hot the male lead is and the friendship. Yes. Right. The lips of the male protagonist. <laughs> Tom Hardy, Chris Pine, great lips, great lips. We're all about it. Has this been friendshipping? This has been friendshipping. Oh, Trin, you have the cutest <laughs> smile on your face right now. I'm just, I'm really happy right now. Uh, I've been itching to record friendshipping this whole time. And talking about friendship with you right now while I miss you and I'm away from home is uh, is really uh, good for my my heart, I must say. Well, that makes me happy. 
Well, so if you have any questions or maybe you have a request on um, the next movie or series or comic book or whatever that you'd like us to dissect the friendships within, you can email us at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Do Friendship. Uh, and I just want to thank you all very deeply from the bottom of my heart for listening. You're welcome for talking. Do friendship at the problem.